Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. This series has been about how do you not get in your own way? Because you know people, I know people, you're just like, man, you're doing great things, you're a great person, but you just keep imploding, you keep blowing everything up, and it's your own dumb fault, right? And you don't say that to them, but that's what you're thinking. And so how do you and I, how do we, and, and, and listen, today's message isn't for you, like, oh, I hope they're listening. Um, that's where a lot of us were last week, like, I hope you start to rest. Um, but that you and I would listen today, and we wouldn't become our own worst enemy. So I want to talk to you today about this is not a drill. This is not a drill. Chances are if you bought a car in the last five years, um, your car has come with a feature on the side mirrors that has a blind spot detector. And the thought and the purpose of it is this, that when a car or when something gets in your blind spot and your car is on, a little light comes on your side view mirror alerting you that something is in your blind spot. Um, Now, how many of you have that on your car? You have that feature. Okay, let me ask this. How many of you trust that on your car? Yeah, like a portion of us, right? Because we have trust issues. That's why we're going to do a series called I Have Issues, right? Because we got trust issues. Um, and, and you've got it. But really, honestly, the only way to inspect your blind spot is to look over your shoulder, right? Look over that shoulder and see if there's a car coming before you change the lane. You can trust your technology, but it lies. Um, And so if you remember a kid being in the 80s and 90s, that Nintendo cheated half the time, I swear. Um, But you, you, you have to check. You have to be purposeful in getting in your blind spot because things get in your blind spot accidentally and quickly. And today, just as it's with our car, so it is with our life. There are moments things move into our life that we can't see. And the tricky thing about blind spots is this. You can see other people's blind spots, but you can't see your own. Right? You're like, oh, they need to work on this. (laughs) And that's what everybody's saying about you, too. And so today I want to talk to you about something that is sneaky, something that creeps into our life that we'd be like, no, 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 no. And I'm just going to speak to you from my heart and wing a lot of this today because I feel really comfortable in this topic and with these people today. Just second service. First service, I sucked to my notes really well. Um, today I want to talk to you about greed. Yeah, where'd all the audience participation go? Like, everybody's like, Dad, come it. And some of us, like, when you hear it, like, this is your first Sunday, or you invited somebody, or you're tuning in, and you're about to tune it out. Don't you do it. All you that watched online, stick with me. And you're like, great, the pastor's talking about money. You bet. You bet. I'm working on it. And here's the deal. Why? Why? Let, let's answer Because here's the simple reality for every single one of us here. All of us encounter and all of us have to deal with money. We do. One thing that every single one of us here and online are are going to have to deal with is money. And, And how you use it, how it uses you, if you're not careful, 
And you and I have to give an account. We're going to be accountable, and we have to answer how we used it. Because here's the, here's the, here's the newsflash. What God has given you and what God has entrusted you with isn't yours. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. It means this, you aren't owners, you are stewards, you are managers. And you hear this a lot, but we just have kind of a disclaimer to this a lot. And we would push back and say, well, I, I'm not greedy, right? right? This, is, this, isn't, this isn't like applicable to me. And, and hear me today. Today's message isn't a condemning message if you have a nice house. It's not a condemning message if you have a nice car that has blind spot detections on it, right? It's not a bad, it's not a condemning message if you go on nice vacations. I hope that you have those things. But there's a difference between having those things and living for those things. There's a, there's a massive Massive difference between having those things and living those things. And today, we're not going to pass offering buckets by again. Can I tell you, we are having the best financial year we've had as a church. Praise God, right? Like you guys are being generous. But here it is. Something creeps into our blind spot, and it's sneaky, and we don't know it, and it is greed. And here's why greed is so dangerous and why it makes us our own worst enemy. And it's our first point today. Greed is never satisfied, rarely identified, but is always destructive. Man, greed is never satisfied. It's really hard to identify that blind spot in your life. But one thing it always is, no matter who you are, it is always Destructive. It says this in Ecclesiastes 5.10, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Some of the most miserable people I know are some of the wealthiest people I know. Most of the time, money is not your answer. I would say 95% of the time, more money is not the answer to your problem. And some of you are pushing back on me right now. Because money exaggerates what was already a problem and it becomes a massive issue. And for us to think, how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness, this is being said by the richest man to ever live, King Solomon. In fact, he says this in Proverbs 23, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. And as soon as I said I'm preaching on greed, most of us got defensive. And we pushed back. I'm not, I'm not defensive. I'm, I'm not greedy. Right? Because when we think of greed and we think of greedy people, we think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Think of this old miser, mean man, saying, bah, humbug, you know, like, ah, and raising a cane, and like, the guy that's yelling at the kids in the neighborhood to get off my yard, right? Like, that's what we think of when we think of a person just surrounded by money and won't ever help and won't ever be generous. And, and so we push back and say, oh, no, 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 this isn't my problem. But here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Then he said, beware. And when he says this, it's a whole moment. Beware, like pay attention, alert, right? Like, like check your blind spot, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Because life is not measured by how much you own. Jesus is saying this, you're not a success because you live in a big house and you're not a failure because you live in a small one. 
You're not a success because you drive a nice car, and you're not a failure because you drive an old car. You're not a success based on what's in your bank account and what's not in your bank account. Life is not measured by how much you own, but where? Guard against every kind of greed. Jesus is saying this. He's saying greed is way more than just about money. And some of us just are going, Dad, gummit. I thought he was just going to talk about money. Greed in the Greek comes from a word called pleonexia, meaning covetousness, aggression, or desire for advantage. So when Jesus is saying this, he's saying pleonexia, meaning covetousness, aggression, or desire for advantage. Coveting. We don't talk a lot about coveting in the Bible. We don't talk about coveting much anymore as a church, but most of us have heard of it growing up. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, probably the most famous passage when it comes to coveting, and we gotta say out of the King James Version because that's how we know the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not covet, right? We're going, oh, 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 yeah. And, and, And here's what the big deal about coveting is. Many times when you see greed in the New Living Translation, which I preach out of a lot, It's listed as covet in other translations. So the New Living Translation says greed, but the ESV would say covet. And and here's why this is a big deal. Because when we covet, we turn our attention from God and we fixate on things and we focus on things that are less. It makes us think that we will be satisfied in creation apart from the creator. And this is why God gives us warnings and commands about about it and why Jesus talks about it too. Because understand this, before we steal, we covet what we want to take, right? Before we commit adultery, we covet another spouse. Before we embezzle money, we covet a lifestyle. Before we get in debt, we we covet something we can't afford. And coveting may begin inwardly, but it won't be long until it manifests outwardly. And listen to me, if you've been ignoring me the whole time, check back in. When God issues a command, he is keeping us from something harmful, not restraining us from something good. When God is, God doesn't suggest things. Can I tell you, it's not like, oh, it's whatever you want to do when you're in trouble with your wife. Well, what do you think? Like, that's not what this is. God commands and he instructs. And when he's commanding you and when he's instructing you, it's not to keep you from something good. It's to keep you from something harmful. And here's the simple reality. We covet a lot more than just money. We covet relationships. Well, I wish I had a marriage like they have. I wish I had relationships and friendships like they have. We covet people's talent, right? I do it every Sunday morning when I see all these guys worshiping. I'm like, dadgummit. I, I would, it would be a dream if I could play the guitar and sing. Like, I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I got kicked out of band. It's not good. Like, I can sing, but you don't want to hear it, all right? I'm down here harmonizing like, ah, way maker. Um, <laughs> just doesn't work. I sound like, like a hamster got in my throat with trying to imitate Miley Cyrus or something. It's bad. Um, it's just odd. We, we covet another person's spouse. Well, I wish I had a wife that treated me like that. If we were to be honest, we would never say this. 
but your pastor would. I wish my spouse looked like them. I wish my husband was romantic like them. We covet people's abilities. We covet people's ability to have the golden touch with whatever they get involved in, right? It makes you want to puke. Well, of course it worked out for them because everything they do works out. Every, they got the Midas touch, right? Like everything they do. And, and here's the problem. When we start coveting, we get greedy about a lot of things too. We get greedy, oh yeah, about our finances. We all can like, oh, yeah, for sure. But we get greedy with our time, right? We get greedy about our talents, we're not investing our time into God's kingdom, but we're investing our time and our talents to be able to get a bigger house, to get a bigger car. All of our energy, all of our time, all of our talents is based on that. And we are all about our castles, but not his kingdom. We get greedy when it comes to our talents. We get greedy when it comes to our time. We get greedy when it comes to our words. Some of us, you need to just speak words of encouragement to your spouse, to your kids, and your, your objection is this, well, they hadn't said anything nice to me. And you've been waiting 15 years for your wife to say something nice to you. The wait is up, brother. Somebody's gotta get this ball rolling. And, and you're being greedy with your words. Some of us were being greedy with our forgiveness. And you're like, but they haven't earned it. None of us have earned it. I just don't feel like it. None of us feel like it. You're just being greedy with your forgiveness. And as I'm talking, some of you are going, aw dang. That's Hebrew for aw dang. <laughs> you're going, man, I, 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 I didn't see it. I didn't see that I had become greedy. And I didn't mean to, and I didn't want this, and it just kind of snuck up into the blind spot of my life. And here's the dangerous thing and the harmful thing about greed, and it's our second point, is that accidental greed is just as destructive as regular greed. Well, I didn't mean to is just as destructive as good old regular, I meant to Ebenezer Scrooge type of greed. I love the story that happened in January 2018. It says this, it was another beautiful day in Hawaii when a middle-aged man stepped through the doors of the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency and was about to make the biggest mistake of his career. A truly, truly epic failure that many of you are gonna remember when I read this story. He wasn't about to scrape another car in the parking lot without reporting the accident or dine and dash from Denny's. Instead, during a training exercise to check the early warning systems for incoming ballistic missiles, he pushed the wrong button. When he did, he alerted all of Hawaii and by extension the whole world that the United States was under attack and should take immediate emergency action. To add to this story, this is when tensions were super high with North Korea, right? The message that went through the emergency alert system and on everyone's cell phone went as follows. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Can you imagine if you have paid all the money to get to Hawaii and this pops up on your phone? You're going to freak out. 
Friends and residents in Hawaii frantically called one another, um, stored food and water, headed for tunnels. People headed under bridges, went for bunkers while others said their goodbye. Check this out. It took nearly 40 minutes for for officials to issue a correction. 40 minutes and they think, this is it. We're dead, we're in a nuclear holocaust right now, and it took somebody 40 minutes to create a text? Like, how long, how old are you that you can't see the buttons and press in? Get a jitterbug phone or something, right? The warning had been a huge mistake. One wrong button pressed had massive implications for the entire planet and carried with it its potential dire consequences. This was an accident, a mistake, but some failures are too severe to get a total pass on, and the guy who pushed the wrong button got as fired as you can get, right? One wrong accidental push of a button had massive implications of potential consequences, and can I tell you, accidental greed has the same effect on your life. But Justin, I didn't mean to. This is why I say all the time, good intentions don't matter. Right? And I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. But Justin, I didn't have bad intentions. But your life is not made up of your intentions. Your life and my life is the sum total of the choices we make. That's it. And if you and I are going to live a better life, then we've got to choose to live making better choices and living with fewer regrets. And the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I tell you, when you let greed in, you push contentment out. The moment you let greed in your blind spot, you, whether accidental or purposeful, when you let greed in, contentment goes out the door because I've never met a content person who is a greedy person and I've never met a greedy person who is a content person. But when I've seen greedy people, whether it is their finances, whether it is their time, whether it's their talent, whether it's their words, whether it's their forgiveness, When I see people that are coveting and never satisfied, I have seen a person that is jealous. I see a person whose home is dysfunctional, where there is disorder, and they never come to a place where it's enough. And some of us have got to come to a place where we're content with what God has blessed us with and what he's done. Because the simple truth is this, if God doesn't do one other thing, he's already done too much. Let me say that again because it's so true. If God doesn't do one other thing, he's already done too much. And if you and I are going to be content, we gotta listen to the teaching of Jesus on this because Jesus offers us not a Band-Aid for like an arm that's been chopped off, right? Like here's a Band-Aid, that'll fix it. No, it won't. He offers us a solution to this blind spot to our life so that we don't become our own worst enemy. And it's found in Matthew chapter six. And Jesus said this in verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. 
Because wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Jesus is saying this, you cannot divorce your heart from your finances. You can't divorce your heart from your treasure. Wherever your treasure is, whatever you're putting all your time, your talent, and your finances to, that's what you're treasuring. And Jesus is saying this, wherever you really treasure, that's where your heart is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And here's what Jesus is telling us, and here's the solution Jesus is giving us. He's saying this, live for the eternal, live for the eternal instead of the moth. Live for the eternal instead of the moth. If you don't wanna let the blind spot of greed sneak in and wreak havoc, live for the eternal instead of the moth. Every time I've read this passage, and you guys have probably done this too, I'm like, okay, cool, right? Like, don't let, don't store my treasures where a moth's gonna eat some stuff and rust's gonna just, don't, don't leave it out in the rain, right? Okay, got it. But I never really understood what moths eat. Um, so I did a quick dive into what do moths eat, and moths eat natural fibers found in clothing, carpet, drapes, upholstery, and bedding. They'll eat wool, silk, leather, felt, cotton, and any other natural fiber they can find. And if they run out of clothing fibers, moth will eat even pet fur or chomp through synthetic material to burrow into natural fibers underneath. They eat your clothes and your furniture, your carpet. They even eat your fur coats, ladies, men. My mom had a fur coat. I almost brought it up on stage today, but I was like, I just can't. I don't know why we're running away from moths, I mean from wasps, because moths sound a whole lot scarier, right? Like, I'm like, dad, gum. Well, what does rust destroy, right? Rust destroys cars, siding on houses, outside patio furniture. You want to talk about one of the most expensive, unreasonable things to be expensive, outside patio furniture. Amen. Tools can rust, metal can rust, and here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, don't live for this. Right, yeah, you, you gotta have it, that's fine. But don't use all your resources, all your time, all your talent so you can have a bigger house and a bigger truck. And this has gotta be a roofer's truck because it's so big, right? <laughs> like, don't, don't. Don't spend all your time and all your energy, and this is totally counterculture what Jesus is saying, and it's way more counterculture in our culture right now. Jesus is saying this, don't spend all your time and your energy and your effort to get a bigger one of these and a bigger one of these that has a blind spot detection. So let, let me flesh this out. Let me flesh it out to where I have issues, right? I have a T-shirt addiction. I love T-shirts. I love t-shirts that are long enough and not boxy, right? And they're soft and they look good. And I didn't even bring one of my nice t-shirts up here in case I ripped this or I lost it or something. I didn't want to bring one of my nice ones up, right? I have a t-shirt problem. And my wife was here in first service. She's like, amen. I'm like, shut up, right? <laughs> I say that because she's not in here right now. Um, and I'm like, Casey, I don't need to buy any more T-shirts. And she's like, you're right. You don't need to buy any more T-shirts. Can I tell you what my other problem is? I have a shoe issue. Anybody else? 
Some of you are like, he's wearing Nikes. He must be a Democrat. Shut up. I just like the way they look. <laughs> oh, yeah, my sock game's strong right here. Um, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's what Jesus is saying. Some of you have spent more on this than this. If we were to be honest, we're living for the moth instead of the eternal. We're investing so much so we can look a certain way and we've got certain shoes and we've got a certain house and we've got a certain car and that's gonna make us feel better and that's gonna make us feel better and it makes us more stress and we get more in debt and we've gotten greedy and we don't wanna call it greedy but that's what we've gotten and Jesus is saying this, you've missed it. You've become your own worst enemy because you are living for the moth instead of the eternal and there's a way better way for you to live your life out that leads you to a significant way when it comes to your time, to your finances, to your your talents is that you are investing it in the eternal and you are building his kingdom instead of literally your castle. Jesus is saying this, if you're going to live it out well, invest it in what is forever. What's forever? Two things that I know is forever. God's kingdom and other souls. God's kingdom and other people's souls. Why are we so passionate about what we're doing in Africa? Because those people have no chance to go to church and hear about a savior named Jesus until now. That's why we invest in his kingdom and other people's souls. A few years ago, some of you heard that um, we had a bat infestation at our house. And um, we found these bats squeaking and they had gotten underneath like the roof and gotten in between the walls and in between the insulation and the walls and they were wreaking havoc and they're pooping everywhere. It's fantastic. And so I'm like, what do we do, right? It's in 2020, during COVID, like, like, like that wasn't bad enough. We had a bat infestation and a bee infestation. I was like, what have I done, God, right? So, and so we're trying to figure out somebody to come out and what to do and we had to pay over $2,500 for somebody to come out and bat-proof our house and get rid of the bats. It worked, they didn't come back. Problem is, this past year we got a new roof. So when they put the new roof in, they had to get rid of all the bat-proofing things and I was like, come on Yahtzee, right? Like, let's, let's keep the bats away, let's keep the bats away. Uh, three weeks ago, we found bats back coming into our thing. So guess what, I got the bargain of $2,400 to pay a whole hundred dollars off. Well, you've already had this done before since you're a repeat customer. I'm like, shut up. Um, and, and it wasn't one of those things we could just hope them away. We had to get them out. It's because to just let them stay and let them infest our house wasn't an option. We had to be purposeful in getting it out. And can I tell you, it's the same thing when it comes to greed. And right when you think you get a handle on it, if you're not careful, it gets in your blind spot. And right when you think you get a handle on it, some of your friends get a raise. Maybe grown parents, your adult kids live in a nicer house than you. You're like, well, this ain't right. <laughs> when your buddies get a new truck, they got land, they went on this vacation. And if we're not careful, greed gets in our blind spot. Well, Justin, do you know how much I've been serving at church? Man, I don't have time to keep spending my talent. I'll just give some money. 
No, save people, serve people. And, and, and we invest in this. Oh, we get caught up in this. And this, if we were to be honest, when we get to the end of our life, nobody's gonna talk about the nice house we lived in. Nobody's gonna talk about the amazing car that we drove, room, right? But did you see his Jordans? You know how many t-shirts he had? No, that's the moth. But you know what people will talk about? They'll talk about how you built churches in Kenya. They'll talk about how you were used to save their life because you invited them to church. They'll talk about how you changed a whole child's life because you volunteered in FC Kids and on Wednesday nights with FC students. Why? Because you were busy investing in what was eternal instead of the moth. And Jesus, the, the New Testament gives us an antidote for all of us, and it's found in 1 Timothy 6, and I'm closing with this. It says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we, can take, we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows and teach those who are rich in this world. That's all of us. Not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Saying this, this isn't bad. This has a place, enjoy it, but don't let it be your life. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. Here's what this scripture is telling us for all of us rich people today, and you're rich people. Contentment leads to generosity. And if you can come to a place where you're content, it won't be long till you're generous because I've never met a content person who's not a generous person. And I've never met a generous person who's not a content person. It's that we have made what's truly important the forefront and focus of our life. And what I can tell you is you will never regret giving to what's eternal. But if you choose not to and you live for the moth, you're becoming your own worst enemy. And I love what C.S. Lewis said. It's becoming one of my favorite quotes. It says, if you live for the next world, you get this one in the deal. But if you live only for this world, you lose them both. Man, and that, that right there is a better way for you and I to live. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. God, I ask right now that in this place you would speak to our hearts, to our minds, and that we wouldn't get defensive because, Lord, that's where we instantly go. Lord, many of us, we didn't mean to, but it happened. We don't even know how this became a part and an issue for our life, but here we are. And Lord, just like we had to take action to get the bat infestation out of our house, we have to take action to get greed 
out of the blind spot of our life. Because left unchecked, left leaving this place and that we remain defensive and we say, man, I hope everybody else listened to that. If we continue to live that way, we become our own worst enemy when you've given us an antidote to living a better way. And that's not to store up our treasures and not to invest in the moth economics and the rust economics, but to invest our time and our energy and our talents and the finances that you've entrusted us with into what is eternal, into what really matters because when we can keep that in focus our life doesn't get unbalanced and so Lord I pray today that we wouldn't be hearers of your word today but we would be doers of it and it's in Jesus wonderful name I pray we hope that you enjoyed this message if you have any questions or want to reach out to us you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.